I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us for Let's Get Moving. Today we are talking about exercising in the cold temperatures and all the pollution that we have outside. And with me is Brett Mackiff. He is the physical activity coordinator for the State Health Department. And Brett, boy, give us some advice. I mean, should people even be going out when we are stuck in an inversion? You know, if you've ever been in Utah during the winter, you know this is going to be how we do things. This is just the new normal, unfortunately. And in many cases, it's almost unavoidable to get out. For instance, if you you don't have a car, or Mm -hmm. maybe that's your main form of transportation is a bike or you walk, you're going to still have to be out in it anyway. So the question is, what can we do to make it a little bit easier on us? Okay. What can we do? Well, first thing is, is recognize that if you're going to be driving, you're going to be contributing to the rest of the pollution. Mm -hmm. So if you have the opportunity to take public transportation or active transportation, we highly encourage that, of course. Um, But if you're going to do that, maybe you want to consider where you're riding riding down a busy road where there's a lot of cars that are stuck in traffic. You're just going to have this this layer of of these particulate matters that are going to be really damaging to our lungs right there. So maybe you want to find a different route. If you're going to do it also, maybe think about what time of day. You don't want to be going out in rush hour. Maybe you can talk your, your work and letting you go in a little bit earlier, a little bit later, just to adjust when you're going to be going through right, it. Right, and that's just basic transportation, getting to and from wherever you need to go. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, we... we support that. If you're going to be doing your physical activity, maybe this is a time of year you could do a lot inside the house. Mm -hmm. Um, So for instance, a lot of us will have uh, workout tapes or a piece of equipment that we like to use, or if we go to a gym, that could be a thing. Uh, But at the same time, there's very... There's a few things we can do that make a difference and some things that just plain don't. So if you've seen a lot of people wearing those wonderful masks... Right. Do they work? Do they? Not really, unfortunately. When we look at all the research that goes around those air masks that that are very, very popular, they just don't have enough of a a tight enough fit. So, for instance, you'd have to have something like an an N95 or N99 respirator to do that. Um, Those are usually fitted. They're they're kind of an OSHA standard thing. If you're going to be using them for a work environment, they have to be fitted to your face and adjusted. Most of them you just get off the shelf are going to have a lot of airflow. And they kind of give you this, this sense of overconfidence. Oh, I'm filtering out all the things where you're really not. So you may be spending a little too much time exposed to those. Right. It's it's problematic because I know a lot of people who run outdoors, it's about the experience. Yeah. And it, it is about the exercise, of course, but it's about the experience of running outdoors. So that mm-hmm. is their routine. And we know how important a routine is when you're doing any sort of physical activity. So it is problematic. It is. So let's say you, you've said, maybe I don't need to wear a particulate mask, but there are other masks that you can wear that have a different purpose. For instance, I've seen some that actually use uh, metal wire that as you breathe out, you heat up the metal wire and you breathe in warmed air. Because in many cases, it's actually that cold air. It's not just the, the PM2.5 or the ozone or any of those other particulates that we're really looking at. It's the the cold air hitting the lungs that can cause a spasm. So we actually have this exercise-induced asthma or bronchospasms that occur. Um, But also 
we see it in some of the more humid environments. So it's this extreme. As humans, we're really adaptable. We can be anywhere. Mm -hmm. But we kind of get grumpy about certain things. And cold air is one of them. Certainly. So maybe if you you're really, really want a mask, you can get some of those that do warm. And a lot of people use those when they're hunting or if they're going to be doing something that requires a lot of sitting outdoors. And that can help. But it's also pretty good for um, physical activity. Right. Is there any sort of time period that is... I want to say healthier than any other sort of time period. Like if you're only outside for 30 minutes, are you really at a high risk? Um, there's always a level of risk and it always goes up at how much time you spend exposed to it. So really it would be one of those cases if you can get it away from a place that has a lot of, a lot of traffic, maybe there's some good wind, you know, airflow going across it. You could spend, you could spend a good amount of time out there. You know, it's not, I wouldn't say that anybody who is, if there's somebody who has asthma, who has chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or anything else like that that could be really uh, indication that they're having trouble breathing normally, that's going to aggravate it. You may want to stay inside. We actually do that with a lot of our schools where we have um, notification. This is a, an air quality day that people who are sensitive probably should stay inside. When it gets over a certain level, we tell everybody should stay inside. But there's always options to do something else. Right. Do we have good research on how dangerous it really is for our health to be out running out in the out in this pollution for an hour? We do any kind of activity that's going to be exposed to that. It has had an interesting impact across a number of systems. Most of it is actually going to be within the, the pulmonary, the lungs. Um, we've seen there's an increase in cardiovascular uh, deaths that occur in higher pollution environments. We also see some of the impact on um, miscarriages and such that can occur with long exposure. Overall, though, it's about managing your risk, I think, because there's a lot of other things that are pretty damaging as well. Okay, so how do we, okay, talk about that just okay. for a second. What do you mean by that? Uh, think about if you're, again, so just like we've been saying, if you want to be out in the, in the day and you want to go out for a run, do it. There's probably going to be more benefits from getting out on a good run than there is for the short amount of exposure you're going to have. But you may want to consider Again, staying away from busy roads, getting a good ventilated area, and maybe pick a time of day where there's not as many cars. So a mid-morning or a mid-afternoon might be better than a middle-of-rush hour type of activity. Sure. But it's separate from even the, the pollution. The amount of exposure to cold can be almost more dangerous for a lot of us. Right. Let's focus on the cold now and exercising in the cold. Nothing better than getting out of a nice warm <laughs> bed, rolling out, and then putting on workout gear. I got to tell you, I'm going to whip. Cold. I'm a whip. But <laughs> I, I see so many people do it. And you look at that idea of it, it's discipline. It's, it's habit. It's a realization that there's some good benefit from it. In fact, in cold weather, you can actually work out longer and maybe a little hot, harder based on that, that temperature, kind of giving you that cooling experience Certainly. than you'd get in the middle of the heat, where here we are at 110 going, I don't think I want to step outside either. So other than just you know being active in spring and fall, we kind of have to balance it out. So what should we be aware of, though, if we're going to be out working out in the cold temperatures? Uh, first thing is that your skin temperature is going to be very different than your core temperature. Most of us think about core temperature, and that's what we're really measuring in a lot of cases. If your core temperature is hot because you've been working out, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that your skin temperature is going to be warm as well. You're probably, in fact, opening up so many blood vessels to dissipate that heat that it's getting too cold. And the tips of the ears, the nose, the fingers are really susceptible to frostbite or frost nip. And those are things that we want to make sure are covered. Uh, but it's going to be how do you balance that? It's all about wearing layers. 
So rather than one big coat or one big pair of gloves, we often say wear multiple, you know, thin layers of gloves or multiple layers of, of clothing that you can actually adjust. I mean, when I've been out running in the, in the very, very cold, and we had one, I think it was last year, that was just so, so cold that I had to turn around because my ears were getting frost nip on them. That's where you can start to feel that little tingle before it starts to cause damage. And we had to come back around. But most of the time, I'll just zip or unzip a jacket to expose how much of that core temperature, but still keeping everything covered as much as I can. I see people running and they have shut off, like they still have, they have bare skin showing on their arms. Yeah. And is that healthy? It depends on how they adjust for temperature. I mean, some people may not be as sensitive to it. I mean, some people can hop in a hot tub and feel totally comfortable. Other people are like, I'm cooking, I'm getting out. Same thing with being out in the cold. Some people are more sensitive to it. In fact, some people actually have a what we often refer to as a cold allergy. Um, me, actually. I can get full-on welts if I'm out in the cold for oh. too long, and it's really quite dangerous. So those are the things that we look at is be very sensitive to what your body's saying and know what you need, but be prepared so you're not left going, well, I would love another layer about right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoops, I don't seem to have one. So at that point, we start going, that could be trouble. Right. So what are the warning signs? Because people might not know what their body's telling them if they've not right. been out working out in the cold. Yeah, definitely. Um, you'll notice it first with the tingling or sharpness on the on the skin if it's exposed. And, um, you know, those are things that obviously you, you've, you've conned a little too far. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling that you're – if you're feeling cold to where you're, sh- you know, shivering while you're working out, that's too cold. That's not working for you. And so obviously adjust that one. All right. Any other warning signs? Any other things to look for? It's a little interesting when it comes to the cold weather because it's often about wind chill and moisture. Um, it can be 15 degrees, but if the wind's going at you know 30 miles an hour, you're really going to be a lot colder. Same thing if you're wet. Uh, it's always a good idea to have multiple layers, and one of those layers to be a water resistant or water repelling because then if once you get cold, the wind just really drags it out of you. So, you know, honestly, the way it comes down to it, the benefits of working out in the cold are really, really good, and we like them. We just don't want to have anybody be injured, not just the usual things we worry about, sprains or strains, but we don't want to see any of those cold injuries, too. Right, and you need to make sure maybe to warm up better in the cold. Yeah, and hypothermia can be an issue. Hopefully we won't get anywhere near that one, but uh, that can be a very dangerous one as well. Yeah, a couple things. Warm up a little bit before you get outside. Your joints will feel better with it. You know, lubricating all those joints. Joints, but also having the muscles feel a bit more like they're ready to do. So even if you did some walking in place, do some push-ups, do some squats before you get outside, you'll feel a lot better. Again, wear those layers. Watch for ice and icy spots because oftentimes they're really not visible, which is why I often say it's maybe wait till mid-morning or afternoon because it's sometimes really hard to see in our dark, dark winter nights. Um, Pay attention to those. Uh, Be aware that it's always good to tell somebody where you're going. You don't think much about it, but you can get really disoriented sometimes when it gets super cold. Right. Okay. Is there a bottom line temperature when you should not be working out outside? Um, there, there probably is, but again, I'd say at the temperatures we're dealing with, we're not working in Antarctica. We're not okay. up in that. So we're Alaska. not in those danger zones. And most of us aren't up on the on the mountain ranges, <laughs> but down here in a valley or in most of the elevations that we that we're in, we're usually okay. But definitely know what you're willing to do. And what your comfort level is. And uh, if your lungs feel that bite, maybe you should wrap up a little bit more and see what we can do to warm up the air as well. Okay. Any final tips for us? Be active. Be active every chance you get because it's going to make it easier when you're out in the cold the next time. 
All right, Brent. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. And if you'd like more tips, health, exercise, nutrition tips, also check out the Let's Get Moving Facebook page.